Welcome to Taxing Poetic. I'm Tim. I'm Jenny. And today we are going to be talking another one of our regional series, and it's going to be Way Down Yonder. Discussions on Kentucky, Tennessee, Alabama, and Mississippi. And I think we always want to preface these regional series by saying these regions came from Wikipedia. We didn't make them up, correct? I uh, completely agree. JB? Right. No, but it is, if you go to Wikipedia and you type in regions of the United States, this is how they've, they've broken down by nine different regions. And, and yet is... again, just to reiterate, I think JB actually edited Wikipedia for <laughs> these specific regions because he could just do it on the fly. I suppose that is true. I could have just changed them to whatever I wanted. <laughs> so that is why we're discussing these states today. Just want to make that clear. So, yes. And, of course, we have to open with um, a song. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Way down yonder on the Chattahoochee. Here it is. Who sings yep. it? Alan Jackson. Oh, congratulations. I know. Absolutely awesome. I did know that. Uh, too bad that wasn't in the quiz for later. Hey, luckily, though, the Chattahoochee does touch one of those states. It does. In Al fact. Alabama. Bingo. I thought it also touched Tennessee. Uh, actually, I don't believe it goes up to Tennessee, does it? It's called the Chattahoochee. It has to. Yeah, I think it does. <laughs> yeah, because Chad. Yeah, come on, Tim. So, yes, I have a um, haiku here <laughs> in honor of Way Down Yonder. So if you're ready, go for it. Okay. Way down yonder, y'all, I shoot the Chattahoochee, sales tax on my tube. Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> guess what? Tube rentals are taxable in Tennessee. Tube rentals are taxable in Tennessee. That's absolutely fantastic. Look at that. Have you shot the hooch before? Uh, I have shot the hooch before. Yeah, it's yep. pretty fun. Yeah, I've done it up in Helen. Mm-hmm. Yep. Good yeah. Times. Good times. Yep. So yeah. So now we're on to, now that our haiku is done and my singing is complete, um, <laughs> I think we're moving on to nerdy news, right, Tim? Yeah, what do you got for nerdy news? Okay, well, our first state we have for nerdy news is Kentucky. So, Tim, let's talk about um, the latest news from Kentucky is that a partial exemption for services that became taxable in 2023. Which is quite shocking because... A lot of states typically don't tax services, right? Mm -hmm. We've talked about that. We have, but yes. the trend is moving towards taxing them, yep. correct? Some form of services, right. certainly. So, um, so yeah. So let's talk about these exemptions. We've got, well, first tell us, Tim, like what is what is happening? What happened? Um, well, basically, Kentucky had provided for a whole host of services that they were going to enumerate or basically state in their law that were going to ultimately be taxable. And those states, or excuse me, those services became taxable effective January 1st of 2023. Uh, but then they were going to be Offering a partial exemption when gross receipts from these services exceeded $6,000 in a calendar year, all services over $6,000 were ultimately going to be taxable. So anything less than $6,000 wouldn't be taxable. Anything above $6,000 would technically be taxable. Okay. And, and then we have a whole list of services here that are now taxable for over $6,000. Do we want to read the entire list or are we just going to I mean, selectively pick through them? I feel like I can just read them quickly and then we can pick on a few of them. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Let's okay. All right. So lobbying, executive recruitment, facsimile transmission. JB, I think you even asked me what that was. That's fax mule. That's what I said. I said, it's a fax. And he's like, what's facsimile? I said, yeah, because duh. I know, it's 1980. Um, mailing services, parking services, automobile club, AAA, 
condo timeshare exchange services, event planning and space rental. I mean, that's kind of a big deal, event planning and space rental. Absolutely. Because, I mean, any wedding is over, as we know, um, is over $6,000. Bingo. Yep. So let's see, leisure, recreational, and athletic instruction, personal fitness training. I mean, I wouldn't know about that. But um, <laughs> lab testing, interior decorating, moving, design services, and our favorite, lapidary services what is a lapidary service it is not a uh, gentleman's club <laughs> it is actually cutting polishing and engraving precious stones did you actually just bring gentleman's club into this i'm glad we've used the term gentleman's club i know seriously. I, it, took, it took a lot of episodes for us to bring that up I yes it'd be much earlier i mean when you think about lapidary <laughs> services sure. i mean yeah there's, there's a couple that i just highlighted we have to talk about so uh, yes. i'm having i'm having secondary embarrassment just yeah. to let you know well engraving precious stones the <laughs> the lucrative engraving precious stones market in <laughs> kentucky <laughs> they were like listen no more these people cannot keep getting away with this. <laughs> we must tax the engraving of emeralds. And There's diamonds. maybe 11 people in the state of Kentucky who make more than $6,000 engraving stones. Cutting and polishing, too. You're okay. not getting your stones polished, people. Well, if you are, that price is going to go <laughs> up for you. That price is going to go up. I mean, ben, we, we were talking about how they should, have, they should hire lobbyists to... Uh, go to the bat for them but uh, they can't because now it's going to be a taxable service because well the lobbyists are not very good in kentucky no. obviously they couldn't even get themselves off this list they can't even <laughs> lobby to not have lobbying um not no. be taxable so the poor, yeah also the poor gym the gym teachers leisure recreation athletic instruction the gym teacher making twenty one thousand dollars a year teaching kids to play dodgeballs now i gotta pay taxes I well know. and also i mean yoga instructors right yoga I mean, J jenny's not going to be able to get yoga in louisville anymore. personal oh, training please I'm terrible at yoga. and i just want to bring up interior in, interior decorating so i went to film school and i knew you know i dated some girls that were interior architects majors and interior architecture and interior decorating are very different and i just want to bring that up interior design cool? is i put a, you know it people use it now as oh i put a throw pillow here and i want the walls to be mauve instead of taupe and it's like that's not what it is <laughs> it's like it's a all in it's interior architecture it's actually harder yes. than exterior architecture there's I a just, lot of math with it there's yes. a lot of math and did geometry. you just use the words mauve and taupe <laughs> what is that <laughs> i took color theory again 1980 is that, is that like yeah. beige it's yeah, it's, yeah, it's in the beige family. It's in the beige family. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, so lobbying. For those so, of us who do not understand, my color palette basically extends to about like the primaries and secondaries. <laughs> <It's> green. <laughs> I learned that in third grade. Well, actually, second grade. But I did want to congratulate them on the Fasa Meal transmission because that is Fax dozens of dollars that dozens. they will be making. Yes. Now. Uh, yeah. Fax industry, you're going down for mm, sure. Forget it. Yeah. Kentucky lobbyists get better because now your um, services are taxable. So all right. So you want we okay. picked on Kentucky. Okay. We Duncan definitely got to apologize a lot to the lapidary folks there. Yes. So, well, the entire state, yes. Yes. Okay. Um, Alabama. Yeah. Alabama. Um, sales tax rate reduction on food. And um, Tim, we have had this conversation before, well, and JB, about states that pass a tax and they say it's going to end by a certain date. And that date comes and they're like, oh, just kidding. We're just going to extend it for a little while to pay for X, Y, or Z. Um, and one of our favorite examples we brought up is um, here in Georgia, uh, the State Road 400 um, toll tax that they said when it ended, it ended. And they tore down the toll plaza, and we were all shocked. And here's another example of a state. Um, they're dropping, uh, they said they were going to drop their grocery rates uh, for at a certain date. Once they um, reached a target with their education trust fund, 
and now they're dropping it. So it's going from 4% to 3% uh, September 1st of this year. Yep. And it's, I mean, it's good to see states. I mean, obviously, a lot of a lot of states are, are legally obligated to do this, right? You have legislatures and departments of revenue that are legally obligated because there's sunset laws within, you know, that they pass to actually have certain acts, certain bonds, certain other things that actually get put into place. And once those sunsets are hit, those sunset dates hit, guess what? It goes away. But there's a ton of work by lobbyists that will actually extend that for certain industries. We saw that here in Georgia um, with the concrete truck exemption and how it was actually sunset and then it was ultimately brought back into place, right, to allow for a lot of money to be saved by concrete companies because they, their equipment, their trucks actually qualify as manufacturing equipment. Um, but yes, it, it, it's great to see that when they sit hurt, you know, when states, excuse me, see and hit certain targets, they actually abide by their rules and, and help constituents by dropping these kinds of taxes. Yeah. And we've also talked about grocery taxes extensively, right? We've talked about those in the past and how it's a regressive of tax right we don't really like it um you know it's it's bad on constituents because as inflation comes up and this kind of leads into our next state right yes um, we're going to talk about with tennessee and and their amendments to their code with regards to sales tax holidays but the big thing is is that you know seeing the elimination of grocery taxes is a pretty good thing it helps all consumers and it, we just love to see a state keep their promise That's correct right. you made a promise keep it you there know? you go yeah kind of a good thing kids. so it's, it's a the thing. education trust fund yes that they hit that's what it looks like, yeah. So yep. They um, have all the money they need for education in Alabama. Well, this is. <laughs> Just wondering. I, I mean, they obviously they set a goal and made a promise, and they wanted to reach a certain goal within this fund, and they did. So now they're dropping the tax. But you're right. Maybe that is a question I cannot answer. Right. Yes. Maybe that. Maybe the lobbyists in Alabama can <laughs> answer that question about education, whether they have all their funds. But um, keeping on. Oh, so with Tennessee. Um, they, uh, nerdy news, um, effective January 1st of next year of 2024, uh, they have amended their code to tax services, uh, performed outside the state when, um, TPP or computer software is delivered within the state, right, Tim? Yep. Okay. And this is something we're seeing more and more, uh, Absolutely. states are, especially, I know we pick on Maryland a lot sometimes, but, um, Maryland now has new, um, uh, software laws, correct, and yep. digital advertising. And they've actually been changing them a lot, right? Mm -hmm. So Maryland tried tax and SAS. Now they're not going to be tax and SAS. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's, it's very interesting in the way that these laws actually get passed and then certain people are like, hey, wait a minute. They come back to the table and they look at it. They get lobbied by certain, you know, businesses, certain, you know, industry groups, and they actually end up removing that tax. It's also kind of interesting to look at how some of these states are going to try to enact these laws because they could be violating interstate commerce. You're going to see people challenge these laws. Now that states, we've gotten through Wayfair, they're being able to tax remote sellers and all this other stuff, they're going to get really aggressive about taxing items that go across certain, you know, cross state lines or like this, mm -hmm. in this case, hey, you know, you provided or you're performing software services potentially in another state, but that all that software, the delivery of TPP occurs within the state of Tennessee. Okay, well, there's kind of a line test there. I'm taxing something or taxing a service where the benefit's been received outside of Tennessee, but you're saying because the application of the software, the hardware is actually delivered within Tennessee, they're entitled to all that revenue. Right. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Right. Right. It's kind of goofy. Yep. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. So we'll good change? Uh, eh, interesting change. Interesting change. Not really. I mean, it, if Tennessee can make it stick, it's good for them. You know, more revenue. But um, yeah, it's just uh, an example that we're seeing throughout the country with 
Certain I mean, the biggest thing that you look at when you read that law as a tax professional, when you, when, you, when you read the headline and you read how it reads, Tennessee amends their code to tax services performed outside the state when the right. product is ultimately then delivered inside the state. You know, there's going to be certain states that are going to have major problems with that, like Louisiana, neighbors, Alabama, and Georgia. And when you're actually performing a service on a piece of tangible property within the state, if it's a taxable service within that state, you should be taxing it. Well, Tennessee's now saying, hey, guess what? We're going to tax it as well. Okay, well, which state do I owe the tax to? Do I get reciprocity? Am Both. I, yeah, I think so. right. Both. Is it, so is it, doubly, is it dual taxation? Is it double taxation? Right? So then you're going to see a lot of people argue, hey, you can't do that. It's a violation of the Dormant Commerce Clause. You can't turn around and tax something that occurs outside the you know, jurisdictions of the state. You're violating interstate commerce. This is a big problem. Yeah, I mean, and they're, it's kind of random. Um, the services they're taxing are um, TPP or computer software, and then also laundering or, or dry cleaning of yeah. TPP. Okay. Uh, so. Apparently you <laughs> truly upset somebody in Tennessee because you <laughs> carted all your laundry across state lines and then brought it back. Again, lobbyists in Tennessee for dry cleaning do better. Yeah. Um, installing. And that could be like, if you think about it, and sorry to interrupt you, Jen, no, but that no, could please. be like a CentOS or an Airmark or some of these other companies. Oh, that that's true. Maybe doing uniform cleaning services, dry cleaning services for, you know, cities in like Memphis or, right. you know, uh, Tunica, which is right there near Tennessee, mm -hmm. when they actually could be moving things across back and forth across state lines mm -hmm. um, because your proximity to a jurisdiction or proximity to the border is that close that you can do that. And Tennessee's like, nope, we want our money. Mm -hmm. So pretty mm -hmm. interesting. It is interesting. Yeah. So yeah, hopefully we'll have some more um, legislative updates and nerdy news for you on that. It's, yeah, it's uh, probably going to be a court case. Yeah, probably. <laughs> And then our last nerdy news state is Mississippi, but actually we didn't find too much uh, new about Mississippi that's going on right now. So I know, Tim, you want to tax poetic about um, about Mississippi. Uh, yeah, um, Mississippi for contractors. Uh, obviously, this is like one of my favorite discussions to have when we get into contractors because we talk about things in the southeast and how contractors and, and taxes on contractors. So if you're doing you know certain types of contracting services in Mississippi specifically, if your contract's in excess of $10,000, you're actually subject to this thing that's called the 3.5% contractor's tax. And you actually have to apply for what they call a material purchase certificate. And what, you, what that ultimately ends up doing is it allows you to buy all your materials exempt from tax, but you ultimately have to pay 3.5% contractor's tax on the gross receipts derived from the actual product project itself, right? But there's some very specific rules that you have to go through with Mississippi on these contracts. It trips people up all the time. If you are a contractor and you're trying to do work in the state of Mississippi, better call somebody. What were they trying to alleviate, you think, with that? Um, you, you, in all honesty, what it is, is it's alleviating um, basically, you know, contractors that will cruise into a state and do a bunch of work and bail out on a job and ultimately never pay any use tax. They could bring their materials in from outside the state. They could bring people in and actually perform the services and then ultimately leave the state and they would never be subject to the tax and, and Mississippi wouldn't get its cut. And so by doing this, it's forcing contractors to, I mean, number one, like when you go through an inspection and you go to get permitted and do a bunch of other things, since this tax is typically imposed on the prime contractor, since it's imposed on the prime, if they're trying to pull permits and they can't show a valid MPC, they're not going to get permitted. And so it is a known component of part of doing large-scale jobs, jobs that are, like I said, in excess of $10,000 in Mississippi, 
that you have to get this NPC and you have to go through it, and Mississippi expects to get their cut. It's very, very interesting. It also alleviates people skirting income tax requirements and everything else within the state, too. Um, so it's, it's a law that's been around for a while. Just a lot of people don't understand the ins and outs of it, and I answer questions about it all the time. People are always calling me like, what is this contractor's tax garbage? They came out and did a you know crane inspection on one of my jobs, and now they're not going to give me a permit, and I'm stuck doing it. Well, how much is your crane job? It's like 180 grand. Yeah, dude, you got a problem. You got to turn around and do this. And and you you know if you're if you're not working underneath the prime or if you're working directly for the customer, congratulations, you're considered a prime and you're subject to it. Got it. So okay, so not necessarily new legislative updates, but just an ongoing issue you see in Mississippi. 100. percent Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Great state. Everybody likes Mississippi. Oh yeah. It's all so, so fun to spell. Absolutely. But, yeah. but There's the a end. song that goes with it. <laughs> M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I. There you go. Yeah. So there yeah. you go. It's easy to spell now. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back in a minute. Perfect. Welcome back to Taxing Poetic. And you know, before we get into our next segment, I've got to give you guys a quick update. Like I literally received our first communication from Taxi McTaxface regarding an issue on one of our episodes is actually calling us out and got something wrong. Yeah. We, apparently uh, we misspoke in our Wayfair episode. No way. Right. Like we don't know enough about Wayfair. Right. Already. I don't believe it. Well, what did Mr. Or Mrs. McTaxface say? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Basically said that we stated that 45 states had a sales tax imposed on remote sellers. And it was like, no, that's actually incorrect. It's 46. Why Why would they say 46, Jenny? If I had to guess, they were incorrect in thinking that Alaska has a statewide sales tax. There you go. Alaska does have a remote seller commission, but we don't really consider it to be a statewide tax. Why is that? Because they only have local tax. So if you really wanted to call it correct, you'd have to take the 70-some-odd jurisdictions in Alaska and add them all to the rest of the states. But guess what? We're not doing that. Yeah, don't so, don't step to us, Taxi McTaxface. I mean, seriously, you're going to bow up? Yes. Like, no. So yeah. they were wrong? They, I mean, in, in our interpretations, and this is the best part about sales tax, right? We always say, depends on the state. We always say dots or, you know, it depends. Congratulations. It depends on your interpretation of it. Frankly, we don't think that it's correct. Yeah, so... You do have to register in Alaska. You do have a remote seller you know, commission in Alaska that you have to report to, but it's for all the little cities like Nome and, you know, North Pole. North Pole. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, good for good for taxing with tax base yeah, knowing in, so much about yeah. Wasilla. Well, whatever. In your face, taxing with tax base. Where apparently you can see Russia from, you know, somebody's back porch <laughs> in Wasilla, Alaska. <laughs> you always gotta go there, don't you? <laughs> oh Lord. All right. So that anyway, anywho So we're um, gonna hop into a quiz, pop oh, yeah. quiz hot shot. Yes, we have a pop quiz, hot shot. Um, do we ever get a score update? Like, do we get an overall score? Since update? people don't need to listen in order, it's difficult to say what the score is. But really, the only time the score is really going to come into play is the last episode of the season. We'll so say, we, here's what the score we, is. We, as the participants, have to fly by the seat of our pants. Yeah, yeah. it's just going to be a surprise to both of us. Well, it's ultimate competition every week, then. Yeah, ultimate competition every week. Absolutely. So JB's keeping track, and he'll let us know at the end of the season. I know yep. I'm winning already. Yeah, so I know. Well, shut fine. up. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So this first question is for Jenny. Uh, which of the way down yonder states is not a state? Oh, oh, shut up, Tim. I got this one. It's um, Kentucky's a Commonwealth, right? Dang it. Kentucky's yes. a Commonwealth. That is good job. That is correct. Yay. 
yay me. That's okay. my favorite like bar trivia question. Mm-hmm. Love it. There's a lot of commonwealths. There are. Actually, most there are. states aren't states. Actually, most states. <laughs> most states aren't states. <laughs> that was deep. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Think about it. Okay. Um, it, Rhode Island has like a really weird name too, isn't it? Like Rhode Island and the something, something very long. Yeah, something very long in the, in the collection of island territories. Or oh, some garbage like that. Yeah, it's pretty mm-hmm. interesting. Garbage. Okay, you just offended Rhode Island, but okay. Rhode Island. Oh boy, I just said garbage. <laughs> oh God. Okay, second Sorry. question. Here's here's Tim. Uh, which of these does not have a local sales tax? Uh, which of the states? Mm-hmm. Um, that would be Mississippi. Uh, it's actually Kentucky. Wait, what? It's a Duh, six, it's statewide a six state percent sales tax state, rate. Statewide. Oh, you need God. to start filing more returns to oh stay on God. top of things here. Does that have something to do with the I Commonwealth, wanna, or is that just? It just the know. state. I think just chooses to have like several, like Massachusetts and others. Sure. They just have a statewide sales tax. Yeah, it's just six percent. Mm, yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm having secondhand embarrassment for you right now. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm embarrassed for myself. <laughs> I know another state that only does, but yeah, no. Anyways, I screwed up. All right, Jenny, <laughs> which of these does not have state income tax? Tennessee. Tennessee is correct. <laughs> Why is she getting all the softballs, dude? <laughs> I got yours. You got yours wrong. I these mean, aren't. Uh, yeah, I'm on fire. Not for me. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. <laughs> okay, Tim, which of these states is considered home rule? Uh, Alabama. Yeah, so I don't know what that is. What's home rule? Uh, home rule is where local jurisdictions can actually um, collect and administer their own taxes. So you actually have to submit the return to the local jurisdiction as opposed to submitting it into and collecting the state. So like in Georgia, Georgia is a state-administered um, jurisdiction. So we have very complex layers of taxation. You have ESPLOST, uh, TSPLOST, and that's uh, special purpose local option sales taxes, right, for education, for transportation. You also have county city for the city of Atlanta and state rates. Well, you pay all that into the state and you have to break it all down on the ST3 on the state return, but then the state administers those taxes out to all the jurisdictions, you know, in a periodic basis. Whereas in Alabama, a lot of those jurisdictions self-administer them. Now the state's actually doing a lot more through the one spot and what, right avenue. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we can actually administer a lot of these local jurisdictions through singular portals, but they still technically are receiving their direct cut from your submission. That's what a home rule jurisdiction is. That, what's the benefit? Uh, the benefit is the jurisdictions don't have to rely on the state on doing things right. That's why Georgia, There's there was a lot of questions when Georgia first administered taxes as to whether the state was actually divvying out the correct funds, right? So this way, the states, just like in Colorado, you can either trust the state to do it for you through their systems or the jurisdictions say, hey, it's not that we don't trust the state, but we just want to administer it ourselves, and it's easier for us to just collect the tax and take it immediately. And Louisiana, they're another home oh, rule okay. state. Bingo. Mm-hmm. And we also technically have a number of different home rules, too, when you're submitting local food and beverage taxes, right? True. To these local jurisdictions, and same thing with hospitality taxes. Sometimes you have to submit a return. So just saying that a state is particularly home rule, there's other jurisdictions that are out there that are home rule. And Alaska, technically tax face. <laughs> Bingo. Jeez. And Rhode Island's official name, by the way, is Rhode Island and the Providence Plantations. There what? You go. Yeah. I honestly I never knew that. Yeah. Too soon. Yeah. Too soon. <laughs> All right. Um, Too soon. So, uh, where are this we? one, this one okay. is gonna be. This is just gonna be on me because the next question is, what is home rule? <laughs> 
And I just wanted to know legitimately and had Tim explain it, but that was Jenny's That was question. Jenny's question? That is fantastic. I would have gotten that correct, though. So. Yeah. So do you want yes. me to just give? Yes. <laughs> you you can give to me. Just I I'm going to come up with another question. Um, yes. All right. So here's, okay, uh, for Jenny. Only two cities in Mississippi have local taxes. What are they? Oh, um, oh my gosh. Oh, this is why Mississippi has local taxes, right? What? Well, you need to cut that out. <laughs> did I just hear that incorrectly? What did he say? He said there's two locals in Mississippi. That's that what I said. This is why yeah. Mississippi has local taxes. Yeah, because yeah. only I, two cities. Because I, I said that Mississippi taxes. had a state-based rate, and I can't think of the two jurisdictions. It's what is it? Jackson and something else. Oh yeah, Jackson and. Um, I'm not going to give you the other one. <laughs> I was going to say you're helping her a lot. I know. No, I am not. I, I don't know though. One. What is it? Jackson. Uh, Tupelo. Tupelo, Tupelo. Really? Did you know that? Jackson. The birthplace of, of Elvis. Elvis? Well, what? You know, I'm Get a big Elvis shut fan. Shut the front I door. I know. So, yeah. All right. Give me a zero for that one. Okay. Yeah. Darn it. Jenny and singing then, Jailhouse so Rock. What is the applicable form called to be tax exempt in the state of Alabama? Whoa. Well, what what kind of exemption? So are we let's go with about? a wholesaler exemption. Yeah, it's it's a, a resale certificate, right? Alabama resale certificate. It's called an STEX-A1. <laughs> you wait, you're asking for the form name? What do you think I am, dude? Chat GPT Chat Tim. GPT. No, I am Chat not, GP Tim. I'm yes. not Chat GP Tim. Like I, I there's certain forms that I can regurgitate. The SPD 3X 49er is not one four of them. 49er. Is there a niner in there? Are you talking on a walkie-talkie? Talkie. <laughs> walkie-talkie? Well, sorry, you got that wrong. <laughs> yes. It's on me a little bit for uh, yes. breaking up the yes. Donna, I'll, I'll add you to the list of people to apologize to for not reading your quiz before. Donna, thank you for your help. My yes. precious. All right. Jenny and her freaking Gollum voice over there. <laughs> okay, so let's get to our history lesson. Yes. What are we going to be talking about today there, oh, great educated one? Our history lesson for today is about sales tax holidays. And we were inspired by um, Tennessee recently passing a sales tax holiday on the retail sale of food and food ingredients, a.k.a. groceries. And it's going to be a three-month um, holiday from August 1st, 2023 through October 31st of 2023. Did you say three months? It is a three month um, sales tax holiday. That doesn't sound like a holiday to me. That sounds like an awesome vacation. That's like a sabbatical. Congrats. Yeah. That's I what we're going to call it now a tax sabbatical. Tax sabbatical. <laughs> <A> tax sabbatical. <laughs> That's I, right. I'm on board for that 100%. When are they going to have one in Hawaii? You <laughs> uh, <laughs> still need to get there and fight some audits, I'm telling you. Like, I need some in person com- you know, conferences with the Department of Revenue. <laughs> Anyways, so basically, let's talk about like what's a sales tax holiday. I mean, right. it's kind of um, intuitive, but um, some states have these already, and I've had them for years. Where sometimes when you're going back to school or they're trying to stimulate um, the economy, you know, they're going to offer you know a consumer not to pay sales tax on certain items. Correct? Bingo. Yep. Yes. Most typically, it's back to school holidays, right? We see a lot of back to Tennessee as typically a three day back to school holiday. It's been that way for years and they always do it um, in the end of July and and it'll apply to anything that is related to like clothing items, back to school shopping items. It can be on personal computers and tablets that are less than $1,500. It'll apply, you know, um, to, to all those things. Yes. 
So, yeah, we were just going to tax poetic about some pros and cons and uh, what we like, don't like about sales tax holidays. Um, again, obviously, as consumers, we really enjoy them because we're paying less for certain items that we would hopefully normally buy. Right. And um, but if you're on the other end of um, sales tax compliance or um, a, a retailer or whatever, it's really tough to update your systems for this. Right, Tim? Yes, um, especially when we're talking item specific exemptions. A lot of people haven't set up their POS systems to have these specific exemptions for certain types of items. So it tends to send people scrambling. Right. So you have a legislative you know, body that decides, hey, we're going to do a sales tax holiday this year. Okay, well, what's it going to be on? Well, it's going to be on this group of specific items. And if you're like a Kohl's or if you're, a, you know, um, Target, Target or yeah, yeah, Walmart. Walmart or whoever, you have to make sure that those groups, first off, the items have been categorized into groups, number one, and then you have to set up those groups as being categorically exempt when your system sees that for those specific dates. That is very complex in a systems environment, especially to be able to get it done in a three to four month period, right? Because some, a lot of times we're not going to hear about these sales tax holidays until legislative session is over, which is usually what? March, April timeframe of a year, okay. right? And so then they'll pass and approve these sales tax holidays. And guess what? Now think about Tennessee, every, even though everybody already understands Tennessee's, but if, if it was something new, so if Georgia decides to do this, we only have three or four months to implement that in a system. That's an awful lot to ask an IT team or a group of tax professionals to do. That's sometimes where we come in. We can help you out do that. There's other professionals that are out there who can do that. But you have to get with somebody who understands tax technology as well as the legislative components of the tax and also the compliance piece, right? Because right. the compliance piece is going to be difficult to figure out how you're going to get the information out of the system and make sure that it's all working appropriately. Technology-wise, it's probably an advantage that it's three months because when it's only like three days, oh, it's that, horrible. That's really tough. You're doing all this work for literally three days of exemptions, and especially when you're a hybrid retailer, it's very difficult. Right. Yeah, it'd be nice if all we did was sell pens and notebooks, but unfortunately, the majority of these retailers sell a heck of a lot more than that. Right. Yeah. Maybe that's why three months. That's why. Maybe that's why. And I think, um, like we were. Uh, saying earlier, I think it's these sales tax holidays have great intentions for, um, you know, th this one's for groceries. And it's basically from what our research told us was, uh, you know, to help alleviate, you know, low income households with uh, inflation costs and, you know, really trying to, you know, give give people a break from um, the but higher prices. I'm going to I'm going to offer the dissenting opinion on that. See, to, to me, this is what I find so interesting about government and the passing and, and, you know, management of government policy. So we've had this inflation issue for now for a number of different, you know, for a number of months, right? It's been a problem. And, and, and we know that it's been impacting our economy drastically over the last 16 to 18 months. But now Tennessee decides to pass this holiday. And now, and they pass it and they specifically talk about it. They're like, oh yeah, we wanted to alleviate the pressure on increases in food prices. And they cited eggs as a specific example. Well, you had egg prices that for a while during the summer were over $5, you know, a dozen. Well, egg prices have already come back down. And now they're like, hey, guess what? We're just going to go ahead and do the sales tax holiday. Well, you're a day late and a dollar short, right? Well, and, and that's what's very difficult, like for these, and, and I feel for them. I, I mean, I truly do. Like when you're trying to do policy and you're trying to do the right thing for consumers, but you're a little bit on the lagging component. Well, I think every little bit helps. Dissenting opinion to your dissenting opinion is August 1st. 
um, is usually the beginning of the school year. Yes. A lot of these uh, families, students who don't have, who have food insecurity during the summer months, this might help these families as the kids go back to school. And I um, love that. I yes. mean, I think the sales tax holidays for back to school stuff is absolutely amazing. And I think historically with Tennessee doing that, a lot of other states have followed suit. I think it's a really good thing. What I truly found interesting was the Tennessee Works Act that, that basically this three-month grocery thing kind of fell under. I was like, eh, that's, that's kind of interesting. It's okay. an interesting way to try to stimulate the economy when you're on the back end of the wave. But well, hey, right. that's just my opinion, right? No, that's okay. So. We all know what they say about opinions. Uh, bingo. <laughs> Not worth repeating. out of you and me. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> no. but oh so okay so let's get back to our history lesson so as we were researching this i thought it was so interesting i was i thought when was the first sales tax holiday i don't know so the first sales tax holiday was in michigan in 1980 and it was to um it was on automobiles which surprise surprise are mostly produced um, back then in Michigan and Detroit, and um, they were offering sales tax holidays on automobiles purchased to help stimulate um, the economy for automobiles. Correct. That's exactly right. Yeah. If you think about it. What were we coming out of in the yeah. in nineteen eighty? A recession, correct? Right, big time recession, and and super high gas prices and super long gas lines and things of that nature, and that had a massive impact on what industry. The automobile. automobile. Yeah. And it helped so. them boost some sagging sales. And um, so, yeah, that was the first time something like that was offered. And, and it then, worked. And it worked. And yeah. so, but however, the idea did not catch on until New York in 1997 uh, decided to offer a sales tax um, holiday on clothing items less than $500 because they were noticing that folks were traveling into nearby New Jersey to purchase clothes, you know, say for back to school or for the winter or whatever, um, because clothing is tax exempt in New Jersey. There you go. So they decided um, to go ahead and offer that holiday. Then I think, Tim, didn't they make that exemption permanent? Uh, there are, There's def- definitely clothing exemptions all throughout the Northeast. It's, mm-hmm. it's quite interesting that a lot of the states that are just all bordering each other right there, when you look at Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, they all have some form of exemption on clothing. Um, basically to follow suit with each other's laws. Right. It, and they're, they're some of the only jurisdictions in the U.S. that actually exempt clothing purchases that are less, they, they have a floor, right? So they, or yeah, I guess it's a floor. It's basically anything less than 125, or in some cases it's 100 or 150, boom. Then you'll turn around and you don't pay any tax. But any items that are over that, you ultimately pay the sales tax on. Because I think in the Northeast, you probably have to wear more clothes than you do in Florida. <laughs> that's exactly So right. that's probably why they all need to have some sort of exemption. Exactly. Yes. So, and yeah, so then... Um, there must I, be some sort of exemption in Florida on jean shorts, though, for the <laughs> University of Florida. Is that right? Is that why we see I so can't many believe you went there. I had to. I'm a dog fan. Come on. Go Give Gators. Break. Yeah. You, <laughs> boo the swamp. The biggest thing is just understand when those holidays fall, doing the systematic implementation of it, once you get do it once and you get, kind of get it under your belt, then, you know, it, it's the biggest thing is understanding people, if a state has never had a holiday before, organizing and categorizing those items and making sure that they're in the appropriate buckets that can fall into that so your system can pick it up appropriately. But we can help you do that. Or another tax professional. So. No, just us. Just yep. us. Okay. Just us. Shameless plug for some Shameless plug. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. okay. We have some people to apologize to before. It's actually a long list. Um, the Alan Jackson fans, just in case that, you know, who knows. Uh, the Chattahoochee River, which is actually not in Tennessee. See, thank it's you. Not. I know. I knew it. Okay. Thank oh. you so much. Sorry. It starts in Georgia and flows to 
the Gulf of Mexico. I'm sure people started writing emails immediately as soon as we were like, yeah, yeah, definitely it's in Tennessee. I was a B student in geography. Um, Kentucky lobbyists, uh, <laughs> rock shiners and engravers of Kentucky. I do not apologize to Kentucky lobbyists. Uh, I made some insinuations about the education in Alabama. Sorry about that. I think that. someone needs to apologize for comparing lapidary services to a strip club. <laughs> lapidary, people who know what the word lapidary means. Um, uh, John McCain, Republicans as you uh, made fun of their, their queen. Oh, um, my gosh. Rhode Island, Alaska. <laughs> uh, Donna, that, this is from me for not reading all the tax question quizzes. Before asking, before asking them and then asking one of those questions just offhand. Um, Tennessee legislators who are just trying to help. Uh, the Florida, <laughs> Florida and their jean shorts. And UGA people who are bringing the mullet back. Anyway, you know. Long list. So uh, I'm part yeah, of so, that UGA fandom. It's just if I could grow a mullet, I, I could. Sure, but unfortunately, sure. yeah, no. So yeah, you have to say you have to say sorry. Oh, I, so, I apologize. Uh, I apologize to everyone but Kentucky lobbyists. <laughs> sorry, it's never all of them. We can <laughs> never <laughs> just apologize all of them. I mean, all literally, right. Jenny has drinking haterade by the gallon. <laughs> she has had her haterade fill. I mean, you guys can apologize, but I'm. <laughs> Thank you for listening to us today on Taxing Poetic. A reminder, you don't have to listen to these episodes in order. And you can find us on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, Google, and you can watch and listen on YouTube. Yes, please like and subscribe. We absolutely love hearing from you all, even if you are Taxi McTaxface and probably have given us a one-star rating. You please rate us um, and continue with the questions. We love interactions with the audience. So thank you very much. Have a great day.